0: Hello, and welcome to The Diff, a new podcast from the makers of Third Sector, the leading title for the charity world. I'm your host, Rihanna Dillon, and as the classic Third Sector strapline goes, this is a place where we champion the people who make a difference. And we do it by telling your stories. I talk to people who work for charities and not for profits, who share anecdotes, frank discussion, and ideas for building a better world. And through conversations that challenge and inspire in equal measure, we explore how we can all make the difference. In the last episode, we heard from Patrick and Nathaniel about the many complex layers to the knife crime epidemic and how their organisations work to raise awareness and tackle the root causes of youth violence and knife crime. Today we're talking to a team that helps young people become part of the solution by providing them with vital life-saving skills and knowledge. Street Doctors was launched in 2008 by a group of medical students and gives young people aged between 11 and 25 the first aid skills to save the life of a victim of street violence or knife crime. Today they're going to show us how they make the difference and we'll be hearing from their chief executive Lucy Russell.
1: So I want to run through a couple of things that we go through in our sessions with all the young people that we teach. Mm
0: -hmm. This is Sully Sharafa. He's a medical student and a volunteer at Street Doctors, and today he's giving me a quick first aid class.
1: Um, So the first thing that I kind of want to speak about is one of the questions we ask at the start is, where is a safe place to get stabbed? So if I were to ask you, where would you think a safe place is to get stabbed?
0: Think um, anywhere in the human body. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that's such a hard question. <laughs> uh, I guess somewhere where there's not, like, an artery. right? Uh, or, like, least amount of blood.
1: Yeah. Think, like, the arm. Maybe right? arm. Fair enough, like, fair enough. So we get so many answers, right? Arms, legs, yeah. abdomen. We've got weird ones as well, like, neck, eye, ear, stuff like that. I sort like of that. feel
0: like neck is the worst place to get stabbed. Exactly,
1: exactly. You know, some people take the humour out of it and yeah. stuff, so there you go. But in reality, like... We like to teach biology as well, right? A okay. little bit of basic biology. Saying that like nerves, arteries, veins, all that kind of stuff, it runs everywhere throughout your body, mm-hmm. no matter how small. doesn't matter if it's through your leg, mm-hmm. in the femoral artery, which is massive, or through your arm, through the little capillaries that run into your hands that like supply mm-hmm. all the muscles and everything. No matter where you're, let's say, cut, you always have a risk of bleeding. Mm-hmm. You always have a risk of nerve damage, so obviously paralysis, where you might not be able to move certain parts mm-hmm. of your hand anymore. And you've always got infection as well, right? Whenever you're cut, it's never like a super, super clean knife or piece mm-hmm. of glass or whatever, right? So that's the first thing we kind of like to get out the way.
0: In the 10 years since Street Doctors was founded, it's trained more than 25,000 young people in life-saving skills. His chief executive of the charity Lucy Russell on why working with them is so important.
2: Street Doctors empower young people affected by violence to learn how to act in an emergency and learn life saving skills, which enables them to save lives. And in learning that, they are also increasing their understanding of the consequences of violence, and they then become street doctors in their own communities. The people who do the training are our young healthcare volunteers. Mm-hmm. So, we have a network of young medics who do the training with the young people. And we do the training with youth partners around the country, like youth and community centres, sports centres, criminal justice organisations, and educational settings. So, it's all about what stabbings can lead to. Mm. And then the other training session we do is um, about what to do if somebody's been knocked out. So if they've been punched or pushed to the ground or Mm -hmm. something like that in a fight and learning how to respond most effectively to that. And we're also developing another session about the mental health impacts of violence, which are around the trauma Mm. that witnessing, being involved, friends or family involved in violence can um, lead to in terms of how young people experience those traumatic impacts. Mm.
1: The next thing we like to do is, of course, how much blood we have in the human body, Mm -hmm. right? So I've got here... A pint of blood, let's call it that. It's okay. cranberry juice.
0: It's cranberry juice, yeah.
1: So first question we ask is like how much of this do you think we have in our body? Right? So I'd like to ask you, how okay. much do you think? Any uh,
0: number? Okay, so I think we we sort of if we donate blood, we give yeah. it like maybe six pints. Is okay. that okay? Oh is that wrong? Okay. I have no idea because I'm yeah. blood. Uh-huh. Um maybe like 12? No, that's mad. I <laughs> don't know, 18 points?
1: Okay, let's go with 18. So we actually get a wide range of answers. We get anywhere from like 6 to like 250, I've heard once. Okay. Which is a bit, yeah, you know.
0: It's a lot of blood. It's
1: a lot of blood. That is a lot of blood. Yeah. So of these, we only have around 10. Okay. 8 to 12, obviously, depending on how like big or small you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So let's say the average is 10. And yeah. just what you said before, we donate around one pint oh, of blood, wow. right? So only ten percent. Okay, you're okay afterwards. Like they give you like a little biscuit, uh, yeah. some tea, make sure you're okay, not doing anything too strenuous, and you'll be fine, right? And when people hear that we only have ten of these, mm-hmm. there's often a shock, yeah, and people actually realise how serious losing blood is. Mm-hmm. Losing blood can be, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why we also teach, um, we teach kids how someone would look when. They're bleeding out instead of like how much they've lost. Because obviously it could be raining. They're wearing clothes. Yeah. You can't see how much, right? And also you can beat internally. Yeah. Right? So we like to say how we look. The more you lose, the paler you get, mm-hmm. the more your lungs work, the more your heart rate goes up until eventually when you're around four pints lost, mm-hmm. that's when your heart rate and lungs start to slow down. Okay. Because they've given up. That's right. it. So. After five, that's usually the brink of death. Okay. Right? So yeah. Yeah. And that's why we also say, we also teach them how to stop someone bleeding, right? Mm-hmm. It's all well and good learning the theory, but what can we actually do in practice?
0: Keeping a cool head in an adrenaline-fuelled situation is a core pillar of the street doctor's training. That means young people protecting themselves as much as having the knowledge to save the life of someone else. I asked Lucy how the charity centres the safety of the young people who might find themselves at the scene of a crime. So, when we do our training, there are
2: two things that we say to young people before they do anything else. Those two things are if you do nothing else, call an ambulance. Mm-hmm. And if you call that ambulance, you don't even have to be on the scene. And then the second thing, which is as important, is safety, your safety. Do not go into a scene if you think you're going to be unsafe. Mm -hmm. That's incredibly important. And that is a obstacle and a blocker for many young people. But what the last thing we want is that, you know, someone is impacted and other people end up being
0: impacted as well. Of course. When you come across a really awful injury like this or, you know, a really awful scene like this, it must be really difficult if you witness it as well, it must be really difficult to kind of keep a level head. So is that something that you include in this training about how to deal with all of that sort of adrenaline that must run through you?
2: Yeah. I mean, what we do with the training that we're doing is, Helping young people to learn a series of skills. And if you have those skills, you'll be able to have a more level head. Right. Because the worst thing is you come across a situation and you just go into panic Mm -hmm. mode. And if you've learned those skills, you're less likely to go into panic mode because you know what to do. Mm -hmm. Because the panic mode is about I don't know what to do Mm -hmm. and I've got to do something and I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. So... Our training lowers the panic mode. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be pumping full of adrenaline. I yeah. mean, acting at the scene of a violent attack mm-hmm. is an incredibly brave thing to do, but learning those skills helps to just lower those levels of acute distress.
1: And that's where the whole acronym called AS ALERT comes in. So, first thing when you find someone, obviously make sure the area is safe, mm-hmm. right? call an ambulance and make sure the area is safe. That's first thing, right? Because the only, the only thing worse than one person injured is, of course, two, right? Mm-hmm. First thing is apply pressure. Yeah? yeah. Apply pressure like this, right? Mm-hmm. Make your hands into like a triangle and mm-hmm. apply pressure around whatever object, glass, knife, whatever it is. And the most important thing is do not take it out because it acts as a plug, mm-hmm. right? And if it's out, obviously don't put it back in to yeah. try and plug it, right? <laughs> yeah. Essentially, wherever the object is, keep there it go. there. If it's out it's out if it's in it's in most important thing is position your hands in a way where you're around the object and mm-hmm. you're not injuring yourself in the process right and we often get the question how hard do we push mm. as hard as it takes the beating to stop okay if it's all your body weight it's all your body weight if okay. it's a little bit if it's a little it doesn't matter right. right then the next thing is lie a person down if you're standing up if you're sitting down right it takes a lot more energy out of you mm-hmm. if you're lying down first of all you're more comfortable Second of all, obviously gravity means blood can like go to the lower kind of section of your body, right? Next one is elevating the legs. We have around two pints of blood in each leg. Okay. And considering we only have 10, yeah. that's 20% and 20%, yeah. right? So almost half of your blood is in your lower body. So if you elevate the legs, all of the blood can start going towards the most important organs, right? Which is your brain, your heart, your lungs. But those are three most important. Obviously, mm-hmm. every organ is important, right? Yeah. But those are the ones which keep you alive. Mm-hmm. So that's why we elevate the legs. Okay next one would be to reassure them helps on the way you're going to be okay Okay. i'm here you're good stay with me stuff like that right it helps calm a person down which means of course if your heart's beating less Mm -hmm. less blood is lost and the last one is temperature keep someone warm okay and we do it in that order from like most important to least important and that's where the whole acronym called as alert comes in so the as part which is ambulance and safety. Mm-hmm. That's what you could do for someone if they're far away and it's not safe for you to go. Okay. The least you can do for someone is be like, I'm here, mm-hmm. I'm at this location, this has happened, someone's been stabbed mm-hmm. or injured or whatever it is, I need an ambulance right now. And even if you leave, helps on the way. Yeah. If you're comfortable doing so, that's when the alert part comes in, which is applying pressure, lying a person down, elevating the legs, mm-hmm. reassuring them, And keeping them warm.
0: One thing that makes Street Doctors so effective is its exclusive focus on young people affected by violence. After all, they are the ones who are the most likely to be on the scene of a medical emergency resulting from violence. Because of this, the charity takes a trauma-informed approach to its work. So I asked Lucy what this looks like in practice. We've heard this term trauma-informed work. So can you tell us what that is for our listeners?
2: Yeah, so Trauma Informed is about creating an environment that doesn't trigger or re-trigger. So if you're working with young people on a subject like this, what you don't want to do is go into that environment and make them feel even more scared than they already are Mm -hmm. or make them feel triggered by your content or re-triggered because it reminds them of things that they've been through. So we always say at the beginning of training sessions, if this doesn't feel okay for you, it's really all right to step out the room for either the whole thing or some of it. Mm-hmm. And our delivery partners are very clear that they will need to pick up with young people if anything we're we're doing is, is scary for young mm-hmm. people or is triggering them or re-triggering them. And then all the content is trauma-informed because it's we can't not talk about this, but what we don't want to do is make young people feel e- even worse than they already do. Mm. So we've had a trauma informed psychologist. Help us with all our content to think through that. Then the other thing is ensuring our trainers are trauma informed, which is around enabling them to do this training in ways, as I said, that don't trigger or re trigger, Mm -hmm. but also understanding how to look after themselves as well.
1: When you've had a few years in the charity, when you've been around, you get to see everything from like people who are like, what, 10 years old, Mm. still in school, Mm -hmm. learning, to even going to like prisons and stuff to teach people who have been affected by knife crime, Mm -hmm. whether it's them being the perpetrators or the victims, right? Because everyone's a victim at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. It's really interesting to kind of meet those people. It really humbles you. And it shows that people who are affected by knife crime, they're no different to anyone else. They're no different to anyone else. I actually did my dissertation last year for my master's in public health on youth violence in London, Mm -hmm. or violence affecting youth, what I like to call it, in London. And it really goes to show that it's just as much if not more society's fault or mm. issue for putting people in these situations yeah. deprivation austerity lack of education lack of healthcare, the shutting down of youth centers mm-hmm. it's horrible mm. whenever you more the more you go to the outskirts of london and elsewhere in the uk you see it more and more everywhere you go yeah so yeah that's kind of the main message i'd like to send out for uh, our street doctors audience
0: There's this kind of stereotype that you talk about on your website, you know, that young people are the problem Mm. when it comes to violence. So how are you sort of empowering young people to become part of the solution to the violence instead?
2: So when we talk about that, what we're saying is young people are seen as the problem. So this is why when we, like many other organisations, are careful about using the term youth violence, Mm -hmm. because with youth violence, it's like blaming young people. Mm -hmm. You know, you're committing the violence and you're the cause of it. When we talk about young people being seen as the problem, we're talking about the problem in inverted commas. And So with our training, what we're doing is empowering young people to be part of the solution to the problem of violence affecting young people.
0: And that's through them
2: learning those life saving skills. Yeah. Yeah. And also in understanding the consequences of violence better, they're better equipped to make choices Mm -hmm. about involvement as well. Yeah. You know, We are not an organisation that says straight to young people Don't carry knives okay. People carry knives for protection yeah. And who are we who are not in that situation mm-hmm. To say don't carry a knife They carry a knife because they are extremely scared mm. Most of the time mm. So I think we don't go down the road of don't carry a knife mm-hmm. Our road is about this is what happens if you use a knife If we do talk about it, we will talk about the fact that carrying a knife for protection can actually make you much more unsafe because those knives can end up being used on you. Mm -hmm. You know, they can start if you've got a knife, if they've got a knife, it's going to it's going to escalate massively. So, you know, it is about, but I think that's where the mental health session comes in because it's thinking about alternatives to using knives. But I think it's really important when you're working with young people that you don't tell them what to do and what not to do. You enable young people to make their own choices mm-hmm. by using the education that you are providing them with.
1: We've given a session in Lewisham before and where we've given out these as alert cards and someone whose brother actually got affected by knife crime right he managed to save him by using the as a Luck card which we gave wow. him and when you hear stuff like that it really does keep you going yeah. right it's like what we actually do is so important yeah, it's so, rewarding, it's so well. important yeah. and even if it's just one person there are a few stories that we've heard but because we've delivered that our, like i'm part of the east london team mm-hmm. because we delivered that It was really heartwarming, Mm. you know? It was really, really heartwarming
0: to see. Street doctors empower young people affected by violence to keep themselves and others safe, providing the vital first aid skills and medical knowledge to make the difference in the immediate moment of crisis after a potentially fatal injury has been committed. They also support young people to understand the consequences of serious violence in a bid to prevent more harm. Because those long-term wounds caused by knife crime, psychological, emotional and social, are just as life-changing as the devastation of a physical injury. In the third and final episode of this mini-series, we'll be meeting an organisation that uses the power of theatre and the arts to tell the stories of people on both sides of the knife crime epidemic, and support the long-term rehabilitation of people who have been convicted of knife offences. Don't miss it. I'm Rihanna Dillon, and this has been The Diff. We hope that you're leaving us with some food for thought. And if you liked what you heard, then please share these episodes with your friends, your colleagues, your family, anyone else who might like a listen. You know, the person that you're sitting next to on the bus. We'd love to hear your feedback. Drop us a line at haymarket.com. And if you know anyone working in the charity sector who has a great story to tell, we want to know about them too. The creators of The Diff are Till Owen, Jude Iguacun, Inga Marsden, Nauf Powell and Babajide Osikoya. It was edited by Emily Burt. And last but not least, thank you to the team at Third Sector for their support.